Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's Podcast. I have some bad news at the top of the show. For tomorrow's podcast, Music Matters, it's canceled. I'm way too... Pause the music. I'm way too exhausted. Way, 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 way too exhausted. I was actually thinking about not recording tonight just because of how tired I am. And, oh my God. And I was like, like, just, just power through it. I'm incredibly sore after getting back into my workout routine. I'm not even doing the max. I'm not even doing the most. And I'm just physically exhausted. And what always happens whenever I work out, because I always overtrain and stuff like that, because I, I like getting gains. But because I always overtrain, I always get DOMS, which stands for Delayed Onset Muscle Soreness, which just means that I am incredibly sore, significantly, like, 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 I'm incredibly sore for, like, a really, really long time, for, like, potentially three or four days. And uh, because I work out multiple muscle groups, I'm just sore. My whole body hurts. Yeah. Like, today, I would, like, literally right now, it's hard for me to, like, move my hamstrings because of how sore they are unpause my music please so yeah no podcast tomorrow plus i also have to catch up on some on some things as well god yesterday's game rams at raiders or what is it raiders at rams super interesting game we'll talk about it we'll get into weekend predictions and uh, just some other stuff in general at the top of the show that I kind of want to kind of want to talk about here. Anyways, all that much, much more coming up. 24's podcast. Oh, it's great to be me right now. Oh, my gosh. Cannot wait to get into this weekend's uh, football predictions. Some really, really awesome games. Some really, really important games are going to going to happen this weekend. God, Christmas shopping has been very fortuitous for yours, truly. Uh, I, I was like, you know, I made some money with some stocks and some bonds. I used my high school graduation money that I got almost like 10 years ago and I invested into uh, some stocks out around that time, like five, six years ago, somewhere around there. And I looked at it and I was like, hmm, okay, that's enough. So I withdrew it. I sold some stocks. I transferred the cash to my bank account and then I, uh, I went shopping today. Yes, go me investments, stuff like that. It wasn't like a lot of money, but it was like enough for me to be like, oh, okay, I can buy some stuff. So today I 
bought some more vinyl. I went to Barnes and Nobles and I picked up a comic book, the Lord Draken series in the Power Rangers. Shout out to Jason David Lee, Frank. Jason David Lee, or is it Jason Lee Frank? It, like, the Green Power Ranger. He he just died a couple of weeks ago. I talked about it. Station, it's, I don't know why I said Jason David Lee Frank. Sorry. Jason David Frank, the, uh, the original Green Power Ranger. He was actually in one of my... I, I talked about it when he died, actually. He's in Dino Thunder, my favorite season of the Power Rangers, and I thought about getting it on DVD because I just... I love that series so much, but then I thought to myself, it's on YouTube. Why? Why? You have enough physical stuff. Stop buying more. But I bought I bought a lot of stuff that I have wanted to buy, and ugh, I, you know, like there's very, very few times in your life where you buy something and after you buy it, you're satisfied. There's always something else that you want. And you're just, you're always you know, fiending for it. You're always looking for the next thing. You're looking for the next stuff. I have a lot of stuff, but I want more stuff. There's very, very few times. And I've learned to now buy things that I actually like and that I actually enjoy. And that's kind of what I've been doing for the last couple of years. It's why I buy so much vinyl because a, I don't really, I didn't have any. A couple of years ago and be now that I have like exactly what I want I'm not sad about not buying more even though I bought more today but I wasn't sad about buying more I was just satisfied like oh I'm eternally happy I don't need any more like, all right I say that literally as I bought three more sound look there's so much stuff that gets released okay I go on Twitter, I see an announcement by I Am 8-Bit. They have more Persona soundtracks. I love Persona. I love the Persona soundtracks. They have the dancing uh, expansions, or not even expansions, but the dancing game soundtracks, the dancing rhythm game soundtracks with the different remixes of those games. I can't not purchase them. I was very excited to see them. So I, of course bought them and yes got them for next year I was so happy to not have to go through this process of waiting a year essentially for a vinyl record and then looks like I'm in that process again for the third year in a row so that should be fun but something that I ordered over like two months ago or not even two months ago but over a year ago now is shipped out and it should be here in a couple of days yes awesome finally just in time for christmas i was getting a little bit worried if i'm 100 honest with you so anyways let's talk let's talk sports now off of just me buying stuff and shopping for stuff let's talk sports so Specifically, we can we can start with the Baker Mayfield thing. Baker Mayfield in Los Angeles. So we'll we'll talk about it from both perspectives, the Raiders and the Rams. Baker Mayfield goes on a tear last night, absolutely 
you know, uh, in the final two minutes of the game, two, four minutes of the game, goes on a tear, is down 16 to three, wins the game 17 to 16. Oh, by the way, on my day off yesterday, I did something that I very, very rarely do. I very, very rarely take a day off. I'm always doing stuff. I'm always working and things of that nature. I never really take, I took a day off for the first time in God knows how long. I just sat around and watched TV all day. And the TV show that I watched was the new Adams Family TV show, the Wednesday TV show. Oh my God, is it so awesome. It's so good. Oh my God. I didn't want to watch it at first because A, I'm not a big Adams Family fan. And then B, I'm not really that. In, I don't know who, I didn't know who Jenna, Jenna Ortega was before the show. Now that I know, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what she's in next. One of the main things that I saw of her was that she was a Disney Channel star. And I was just like, I can't, I can't watch this. Like, I don't know anything about any of the Disney Channel people. And then I looked at it negatively. Like she was this Disney Channel actress. So she's not a legitimate actress you know that's how I looked at it at first and then which is ridiculous because there are so many Disney Channel stars that I loved as a kid that I love as an adult what did she do on Disney Channel I haven't watched Disney Channel in like a decade it's obviously not for me I'm, I'm completely aged out of it but I don't I like I don't know what she was in stuck in the middle Dude, she was in the new Scream. What? God, man. She's in a lot of... You know what? Jen Ortega is in a lot of fucking... She's in a lot of shit, bro. She She's in a lot of murder. Miss, I don't know why she... She shouldn't have just been like, hey, I'm, I was in that Disney Channel TV show Stuck in the Middle. You know what she should have said? She should have said, hey, I was in Scream. What now? Oh my goodness. What is this show stuck in the middle? There's so many TV shows that I just... I grew up with Disney Channel in the early 2000s. Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Hannah Montana, etc., etc. Wizards of Waverly Place. To think that, for example, a TV show like Bizarre Bark with Jake Paul, who was in it, right? And he was, he was one of the main guys of Bizarre Bark. But Bizarre Vark, excuse me, had Olivia Rodrigo in it. And I love Olivia Rodrigo. And then freaking, what, what is it? Stuck in the Middle had Jenna Ortega, who fucking killed it with Wednesday. By, again, Wednesday is fucking awesome. It's literally Riverdale, except if Riverdale was great. It's tight. It's compact. It has really, really awesome writing. Jenna Ortega, Jenna, I say Jenna or Jenna, Jenna Ortega does an excellent, excellent, excellent job as Wednesday. Just like a super rare performance. Like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe how picture perfect she was and is for this role. Jesus Christ, man. She's spectacular. She's fantastic. Oh my gosh. And then everything else, like there's some cringy writing, like there's werewolves in the TV show. So for example, instead of just saying that they're, uh, they're 
turning into a werewolf or, hey, did you turn into a werewolf or, hey, I'm transforming into a werewolf. They say, did you wolf out? Which it is pretty fucking cringy if I'm 100% honest with you. But beyond that, like, that was literally it. It was so awesome. It's this murder mystery TV show that happens in a high school. You don't know who it is until the TV show reveals it. And I was like, mm, that's so good. Oh, I loved it. Honest to God, I may just I may just put it on tomorrow as I'm getting some stuff done. It was eight hours of just fun, murder, murder, excitement, and it's like Harry Potter. It's like Harry Potter. Yeah, it is like Harry Potter because there's a lot of murders that's going on in Harry in, in Hogwarts. So awesome. Yeah, it's Riverdale, except if Riverdale is, is better and awesome. And I was watching Wednesday, and I was finishing up Wednesday last night. Nice little segue into what I was originally talking about, Raiders versus Rams. But I was watching Wednesday, and I was finishing it up. And so I said, you know what? Let me just put on the game. I have nothing more to watch. I got like an hour left before I have to go to sleep. Go to the gym next morning. Go to the gym. And... I'm watching the game. I'm watching the final couple of minutes of it. And I look at the score. It's 16 to 3. I say to myself, okay, it's over with, but I'll still watch it. Baker Mayfield, I think I was midway through the the, uh, the second to final Rams series for the, uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Baker Mayfield goes down the football field, scores. And then I think to myself, huh, wouldn't it be funny? Wouldn't it be hilarious? If the Rams go out and if the Rams run down the football field and if they win. And that's precisely what happened. The Raiders had struggled with the running game all night long. All night long. Like Lionel Richie. All night long. They couldn't get any production out of Josh Jacobs who just got absolutely shut down. And stopped by the Rams defensive line. He had 27 carries, 99 yards, 3.7 yards per carry. That is horrifying. He is and was extraordinarily inefficient. Wasn't a good day to be a Josh Jacobs fan. Rams go down. They score. We'll talk about Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, etc., etc. We'll talk about it. Rams go down, score. Once again, it's the game. It's ball game. Oh, and they have like a 98-yard just drive in the final two minutes of the game. It was awesome. Baker was uh, Baker was awesome. I'll say that. Baker Mayfield was awesome last night in the final stretch. He wasn't very good at the beginning of the game, but towards the final stretch, he really pulled it out. And they did a great job driving against, in my opinion, a superior team in the Las Vegas Raiders. And, you know, they clutched it out and they fucking won. I'll say this. I don't want to, you know, party poop too much on Baker Mayfield's old, you know, win that happened last night. Just because I think that it was a great win. And I think that, first and foremost, I, I just want to say something. Baker is not back. I'll start with that. Everybody says that Baker is back and Baker is awesome. Da 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 da. He had a great game, or he had a good game, and he had a great final stretch of that game. But let's pump the whole Baker Mayfield is back 
when he literally has played up against probably one of the worst football teams in the NFL. It's either the Raiders or the Broncos. Let's kind of pump the brakes on that. Number one. Number two, Derek Carr was awful last night. Just awful. And I don't really know what the Raiders are going to do with Derek Carr long-term. He was 11 of 20 for 137 yards and two interceptions. Zero touchdowns. Awful. Josh Jacobs, awful. Devontae Adams, awesome. Not awful, awesome. Three receptions, 71 yards, 23.7 yards per catch. You couldn't give him the freaking football a little bit more. Couldn't try to find a way to figure figure out, hey, maybe we we give him a you know one of those you know quick little slants, you know, just a screenplay, a speed out route, or oh my goodness, Luka Doncic, oh my god, oh my god, just absolutely, Luka just posterized somebody on the Bucks. Jesus, I gotta watch this again. Steals the ball, fast break, he posterizes. Posterizes Drew Holiday, giving it straight, giving it raw to the Bucks. Oh my God! Hold on, I gotta watch this a third time. Oh my goodness! Jesus Christ! This fucking posterizes him. He's got a family, Luca. He's got a family, Luca. Imagine if Luka Doncic actually had some help. Imagine if he actually had some players around him. Imagine. Sorry, I just got really distracted by Luka Doncic posterizing somebody. Anyways. Going back to what I was talking about with the Rams versus the Raiders. Raiders offense outside of Devontae Adams played like shit. Devontae was excellent. He was great last night. Maybe not great is the best way to describe it, but he was effective. He was effective. He was efficient. I don't really know what else. I don't, I don't know why it's not more obvious that the Raiders definitively need to use Devontae Adams more and more and more as a wideout. I don't know why they aren't a passing offense. And they're locked in with Derek Carr until I don't even know when. It, I don't even think it matters. But they're locked in, and they probably have. It's it's tough. I think Derek Carr is better than Russell Wilson at this point in time, but I don't think it's by a lot. Oh, you don't think so? Oh, do you don't think Derek Carr wouldn't be? You don't think Russell Wilson would be better than Derek Carr? Let me put it to you like this. There are times where one person on the Raiders, and Devontae Adams has all of his yards. There's like just so many games where Devontae Adams is the only guy that has done anything on the Raiders. We've already talked at nauseum, by the by, about how horrifyingly bad the Raiders are, and I'm of the opinion that Josh McDaniels can and should be fired this year. There is this interesting statistic that was going on last night that I found that essentially says the whole story about the Las Vegas Raiders this season. The Raiders, outside of just being like terrible and horrible when it comes to just certain games where they're just completely uncompetitive at times, the Raiders, 
this is a tweet. The Raiders have blown four 13-point games this season. That's the most in NFL history. Fire Josh McDaniels. That's a tweet. It's very similar to the Ravens statistic on how they concede and they have given and they have blown, excuse me, multiple nine point nine point nine points or more, excuse me, leads in the fourth quarter. It's it's insane. Like it's not necessarily that they've exclusively given up double digit leads, but they've also given up nine point leads. So they essentially give have given up multiple games where they are where they are up by two scores. It's a joke. But it's not as big of a joke as the Raiders. But the Raiders are bad. We already knew that. The Raiders lost to Baker Mayfield on minimal time. The Raiders, by the way, in my opinion, could have won it if they had gone for it on fourth down. It was fourth and one on their ensuing drive against the Rams. They go for it on fourth down. And I was thinking this the whole way through when I was watching the game. I was thinking, oh, the Raiders should go for it on fourth down. It's fourth and one. The Rams offense has the has has all of the momentum. The punter for the Raiders gets an awesome kick. But I I I if you had told me you would have had Baker Mayfield and the Rams go 98 yards down the football field, or you could essentially go for it on fourth down, I would have called my best fourth down play, and I would have said, hey, we're winning this football game right here, right now. Period. We take a couple of knees. We booted away because the Rams didn't have any timeouts after the two-minute warning. So you get the first down, you take some knees, you boot it away, you win the game. You can even like do that play where on third and long, or yeah, on third and long because you've been taking knees, you can just roll out and have your quarterback run around and then throw the football out of bounds. And then you could take a delay of game. And I don't think that gets the clock running, but it gives your field goal not your field goal, your punter, I guess more room to kick depending on where you want to kick it, you know? I don't know. It's just me. I think about this stuff. But I don't know how you can take the Raiders seriously at all. I don't know how you can look at this game and be like, oh yeah, the uh, the Raiders' future is really, really sound and really, really secure. But that's kind of been the story about the Raiders for the entire season. There's been really nothing that says that they are a competent football team, a good football team. This is the Rams without Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Matt Stafford, and Tyler Higbee, and their offensive line is terrible, and their running game isn't very good as well because their offensive line is very, very bad. This is the Rams. This is like, I don't know, this is like the baby Rams, and they lost to the baby Rams. Oh, and by the way, the Rams haven't even been playing that good all season when they have had their starters. Again, this is baby Rams. And you lose to the baby Rams. Rams are one of the worst teams in the NFL. They lost to them last night. I'm not gonna I talked about it a week or two ago that I'm not really gonna talk about the Raiders, and I've tried to stay away from it. But when the Raiders are in another primetime game and one of the better primetime games of the season, it's kind of hard not to talk about the Raiders and how just horrendous they've been. To the point where, and I, I'm sorry, I meant to find this clip before I got on the podcast. But to the point where Baker Mayfield in the post game was shocked at how the Raiders were playing. Because the Raiders were playing at the end of the game. They were playing in man covers. They were playing in man-to-man. They were not playing in zone for some weird reason. 
And so Baker Mayfield takes this shot. I think he gets one-on-one coverage with Van Jefferson in the red zone. And I'm just like, what the fuck are the Raiders doing? Let me, let me find it here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. All right, boom, I got it. Here it is. It's uh It's going to be like 20 seconds. Here it is. Here's like I guess the lead in for it. One even just pre-snap, you seeing it, knowing you're going to have a chance at Van and being able to put it out there for. Yeah, to be honest with you, I was completely shocked that they line up in press coverage with 15 seconds. I think I mean, Sherm, Sherm, Sherm was a little aggravated. The defensive I mean, coordinator went to Yale. And I really thought they were going to try and pop out and play zone, but they just stayed with it and saw the, the weak side safety stay down. And uh, Van's great go ball runner go up and get it, and uh, he won off the line and did a good good job. Right. Well, you had some doubters. And- so everything about the Raiders is bad. Everything, the team, the organization, the front office, everything is bad. The Raiders are bad. I mean, we knew this, but we just, it's it, like, I talked about, I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but I, I've been like reading, I've been like reading books about like the Holocaust and Nazis and the depth of like the Nazis war crimes and crimes against humanity. And it's just horrendous what they've done to the point where when I'm done reading this, I am done for a lifetime. Like I have seeing the depravity, the depths of human nature and human existence, and it is soul-suckingly depressing. It's terrible. And so I'm done, I'm out. Uh, When it comes to reading more about the Holocaust and about Nazis uh, and things of that nature and their war crimes and their crimes against humanity, I think I'm done because it's... You think you've gone deep enough and then you go deeper and deeper and deeper. I feel like that's kind of what's going on with the Raiders. I feel like we understood how bad the Raiders were and how bad the Raiders are. And the Raiders just continuously show us constantly over and over and over and over and over again. Just how much deeper they can go with how bad they are. And so I, I once again am praying to God. That we do not. I don't think we have another Raiders game. To um, can you imagine? Oh no, we do. Ha! I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. I'm not. Wa- I'm turning my TV off. I'm not watching it. How do the Raiders get this many games? How? How? They have Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve at Pittsburgh. I mean, they, and you want to know? You want to know the worst thing about this game? Got my guy Kenny Pickett involved. I love Kenny Pickett. Oh my God. Christmas Eve. Raiders at Steelers. What a fucking joke. Jesus Christ. I, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. I that's that's one game that I just I'm not watching. But I was going to say, and I was gonna finish up the whole conversation with the Raiders. I was going to say, can you imagine that we have to do this next year again? Not Raiders versus Rams 
particularly, but Raiders specifically versus the Broncos. Can you imagine that we have to do what we just did this year? Where I, I'm not doing this next year again. I'm not watching these two teams play. Unless the Broncos or the Raiders are good, I'm not watching them. They are all-time bad. There are some really, really bad head coaches in the history of this sport. None as much. There are, maybe not none, but there are few as bad as Nathaniel Hackett and fucking Josh McDaniels. To the point where we're not even a full season, excuse me, we're not even a full season into their head coaching careers with their new teams. And I'm already calling for their fucking jobs. And I'm not the type of person to call for people's jobs in their first year. I've seen enough. No mas. No mas. Jesus Christ. I don't need to see anymore. Anyways, Raiders perspective, Raiders, Raiders, Raider, Rams. Some people are talking about, do you start Baker Mayfield long-term? I don't know if you start Baker Mayfield long-term. I don't really know what this means for the Ram, for the Rams. I think that they have, to be honest with you, both average to below average quarterbacks shout out to everybody that was like Matt Stafford is a top 10 guy or a top five guy because he won the Super Bowl but I'm not I'm not really sure exactly what do you do with both of them I think the Rams were interested in Baker Mayfield as a prospect as some as a quarterback to just like develop I don't really know what you do with him now after this season to be honest with you We'll, we'll see. Do you give him a contract? Is he even up for a contract? I think he is. I think Baker is up for a contract. I'm not really sure what you do with Baker after this point. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But hey, congratulations to Baker. I was happy for him. I've been, I've been low and I've been down on Baker Mayfield for... A very, very long time. Essentially since like last year or whatever. And he came out and he actually played like pretty well. In the fourth quarter. But again, it's it's against like the worst football team in America. So we'll see what happens. Anyways. It's kind of it. Um, excuse me. For those two, those two teams in that game, so exhausted. Those two teams, I'm so annoyed with those two teams. The Rams should be better, and the Raiders should be better. And I feel like we shouldn't even have to have this this weird conversation of, well, the Rams won and it was awesome, but they won against the Raiders. But the Raiders are pretty fucking shitty, so. I don't know. Moving on. Let's talk the rest of the games and then we're piecing out. It's time. Time out. Okay, we're making good time. Honestly, I'm so sore. I may take a day off tomorrow. I'm so sore that I may just... I may t just take a day off from, from working out. Just so goddamn sore. 
It's like my legs are sore. My chest is going to be sore. I think I will. I think I will because I, I do remember one week in September where I just said, fuck it. I'm not going to have a, a rest day at all. And I just did not rest. And I felt terrible. Was it, I was just in so much. I, like, it wasn't that I was in a lot of pain that was the problem. It was just like I just didn't feel physically right. So, yeah, I'm going to take a day off. That should, I'm going to sleep in and not have to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go to the gym. Sorry. I love how I'm like figuring out my schedule literally on the podcast, but that's, that's kind of hilarious. Let's talk games now. So this weekend, week 14, to me this is kind of the final weekend for some major things that need to happen to happen. The Eagles need to lose this weekend for the Cowboys to be in contention for the NFC, and potentially so do the Vikings as well. And the Cowboys could kind of get lucky tonight, or not tonight, but this weekend, and have both teams lose this weekend with the Vikings and the Lions. Well, not with the Vikings and the Lions, the Vikings and the Eagles. Will that happen? We'll talk about it. Also, to make matters worse or better, depending on which side you're siding with, depending on which team you're rolling with, Cowboys are going up against the worst team in, in football. Like one of the worst teams in football. Maybe not the worst team, but one of the worst teams. They're one of the worst teams because they are actively trying to lose games when it comes to the front office, but the head coaching staff is kind of like, eh, we'll try. But I consider, for example, the Broncos to be the worst team in the NFL because they are, quote-unquote, trying to win football games and they have not and cannot. So let's talk about the matchups here. Vikings at Lions. Originally, I was rolling with the Vikings, but I cannot, I cannot get that game against the Jets out of my mind. Jets are a better football team. Jets are playing better than the Lions in some stretches. But the shocking thing to me Shocking thing about the Lions all season long has been Jared Goff because Jared Goff has actually come in and played some pretty good football. And to be honest with you, I'm not really a big fan of the Vikings. And that's been that's been one of the main like that's been one of the main perspectives that I've had that's kind of been a little bit controversial for the last couple of weeks. That's one of the things that I've I've talked about for about a month. Like I'm not really believing in the Vikings and their record and things of that nature. And I learned this lesson, this very very important lesson last year with the Cowboys where it's important not only that you win games and that you play good, but it's also important that you play consistent. You really don't want to have a terrible game in the months of November and December. You really want to have all of your bad games in September and October. And the Vikings, to me, have just escaped constantly losing these football games. Could have lost to the Jets twice, by the way, in the fourth quarter. Their defense couldn't stop the Jets. Twice, by the way, from walking down the football field and getting like inside the 10 and the 15 and the Jets, they just couldn't cash in. Couldn't stop the freaking Cowboys like three weeks ago. Yes, I'm still bringing that up. That still scars me. And Kirk just has played really inconsistent. Everybody wants to talk about Justin Jefferson. 
We'll see what happens. I don't, I'm not a big believer in the Vikings offensive line. I'm not a big believer in the Vikings secondary. And I'm not really that big of a believer in their defensive line as well. And the Lions can kind of attack into what the Vikings do badly. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen with that game. I'm taking the Lions over the Vikings. Let me like change that because I'm changing it on the fly. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Jared Goff has been playing pretty well. Wouldn't it be funny if he just plays like crap this weekend against the Vikings? It's one of those one o'clock games that Kirk Cousins is supposed to play well in, but then last week he didn't play well uh, against the Jets. So we'll throw that whole metric out of the window. By the way, a lot of huge early games are happening. A lot of games with early, uh, a lot of early games with huge implications, excuse me, are happening. Ravens at Steelers. I'm taking the Steelers over the Ravens. They're playing Tyler Huntley because Lamar Jackson is hurt against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's going to be a massacre in favor of the Steelers. The Steelers have been average, in my opinion, all season long to really below average. They just haven't been very good. But the thing about the Steelers that I think is important to recognize is that the Steelers, there's a good unit there. It may not be great. It may not be excellent. But there's something there with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have a wide receiver. They have the quarterback. They have the running back. They have the star defensive player. There's things there. It feels like the Ravens right now, especially because of their injuries, it feels like the Ravens don't really have an identity outside of Lamar. And really many any play really many other players, excuse me, outside of Lamar as well. So, I'm taking the Steelers over the Ravens. I've talked about all season long that the Ravens would lose a lot more games if Lamar wasn't playing and so it would be extraordinarily hypocritical and stupid of me to be like, oh yeah, they don't have Lamar Jackson and they'll win against the Steelers. I I think they won't win against the Steelers this Sunday, so I'm taking the Steelers over the Baltimore Ravens. So, Browns at Bengals. A lot of weird statistics have been going on about the Browns versus the Bengals, like how the Bengals have lost to the Browns consistently over the last two years and Joe Burrow's career. I don't really care. I don't really care what his history is with the Browns. I don't really care that he's undefeated against the Browns. It's in Cincinnati. He is Joe Burrow. He just came off of an awesome game against, who did he play up against last week? Oh, against the Chiefs where they won against the Chiefs. I just, I don't, I don't see the Browns with Deshaun Watson going in and beating them at all. We'll see. Sean Watson also played like shit last week against the Texans. He was so bad. And Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow were so awesome. And the Browns, they're just... I feel so bad for the Browns in some ways. But then in other ways, I just... I don't. At all whatsoever. I feel bad for guys like Miles Garrett. But I don't feel bad for Deshaun Watson at all. Like, you lie in your bed the way that you made it, you know? But... I just, I don't see the Browns being able to stop Joe Burrow. But uh, the only way, the only way that they can stop Joe Burrow is if Zach Taylor does some stupid shit tomorrow. If they just screw over Joe Burrow completely tomorrow. That's how they lose that game. 
That's like the only way that they lose that game. We'll see. Jets at Bills. I'm taking the Bills, obviously. The Jets are rolling with a backup quarterback and Mike White, who, for some ridiculous reason, who's the other guy that the media liked? Oh, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. They loved Ryan Fitzpatrick a couple of years ago. And I remember people said a couple of years ago that Ryan Fitzpatrick will help the Washington Commanders. He played last year for the Commanders. People were like, yeah, he's going to help the Commanders win the NFC East last year. By the way, that was like one of the worst years for the Commanders last year was when Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing. And then he also got hurt as well. So there you go. But there are, for some ridiculous reason, backup quarterbacks that media members like and that the media pushes. And I feel that Mike White is one of those guys that is getting significantly overvalued and overhyped and isn't very good at all. And we'll see another loss by the Jets on Sunday. So we'll see. Bills at Jets or Jets at Bills, excuse me. I'm taking the Bills. Texans at Cowboys. Spread open this week at 17 and a half points. I I don't know if the Cow I don't know if the Cowboys can score for, if they can win by 17 and a half points. What the Cowboys have been doing over the last month is a bit insane. They have just gotten progressively better. I don't know how people still say that the Cowboys aren't on the level of the Eagles. I don't I don't understand it. Or more specifically, I don't know how they're not better than the Eagles. Cowboys have scored like 30 points in every single game since Dak Prescott has come back for the most part. Like 24, 49, 28, 40, 28, and 54. Like even the loss against the Green Bay Packers wasn't his fault. He threw he threw two interceptions. Yeah, all of them before the fourth quarter when the Cowboys were up by 17 points or 14 points. Give me a fucking break about Dak Prescott and his interceptions. He literally scored 14 points or he, they were up by 14 points going into the fourth quarter. Defense has to make a fucking stop. Please. With Michael Parsons and Dan Quinn and everybody says, well, Dallas is a running team and they they play defense really well and they fucking ran the shit out of the football and they didn't play defense very well. So it's just like, talk to me about that. Why couldn't Dallas win that football game? Sorry. Anyways, Dallas has been awesome for for the last month and a half when Dak Prescott has come back. They actually have a shot now against the Eagles and I think they're better. I think they're significantly better than the Eagles. I think they just need a shot. And they'll get their shot in two weeks when they play up against them on Christmas Eve. But the Cowboys, it is this weekend imperative. Not that the Cowboys win, but all of their teams that that are vying for the one seed in the conference lose. Vikings lose, Cowboys get the two seed. Eagles lose, Cowboys are now one game behind the Eagles, and essentially if the Cowboys win out, which their next games, their next five games are the Texans, the Jags, the Eagles, the Titans, and then the Commanders. If the Cowboys win out, they win the division, they win the conference. Vikings have to lose, Eagles have to lose, Cowboys get the one seed, bada bing, bada boom, in the next couple of weeks on not Sunday night football, but just a mid-afternoon game. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be imperative. 
But the shocking thing, and the re- and I'm going to watch this game. I'm going to watch it because two major players for Dallas, and I'm interested to see how both of them are going to play. Two major players for Dallas. Tyron Smith, Hall of Fame left tackle, all pro, all world, dominant player, is going to start at left tackle. I think he's better than Tyler. I think he's significantly better than Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith is going to start at left guard for the Cowboys. Cowboys, I think Tyler Smith may be their best left guard. I'm not going to say guard because they obviously have Zach, Zach Martin, but he's going to be probably their best left guard on the team. And it's not really going to be very close. So I think, I think the, the resurgence of those two players is going to be very, very important for how the Cowboys not only play for the next month, but going into the playoffs. And again, Tyron Smith is going to be, ironically enough, the healthiest he's pretty much been in almost six years going into the playoffs, which is extraordinarily rare. It's uh, it's probably not going to be very pretty for Texan fans, but it should be very, very fun to watch for Cowboys fans. Hopefully, whoever gets the game. Who has the game? Is it Fox? Does Fox have the game? NFL football. Hopefully, whoever has the game doesn't just swap out when the Cowboys are up by a bajillion points. I hate it when when broadcasts literally do that. Nobody cares. No, no fan is like, you know what? The Cowboys are whooping X teams. It's Fox. Hopefully, Fox doesn't do what they did two years ago when the Cowboys were beating the crap out of Atlanta and were like, yeah, we're just going to change the game, folks. We're going to move on and da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, don't ever do that ever, ever again. I had to sit there and I had to watch the Eagles last week go up against the Titans and beat the crap out of the Titans for three freaking quarters. Why can I not watch the Cowboys beat the crap out of the Texans this weekend for four straight quarters? Maybe three, depending on how dominant the Cowboys will be. We'll see. Eagles at Giants. By the way, Cowboys over the Texans. Eagles at, at Giants. I'm taking the Giants. This is important. This is imperative. Eagles have to lose. The Eagles don't really have a lot of opportunities to lose. They're 11-1. and one. They go up against the Bears, the Cowboys, the Saints, and then the Giants. And then potentially, depending on how they go up against the Giants and play up against the Giants, they could lose twice to the Giants. I don't think they lose twice to the Giants. They got to lose up against the Cowboys, and they got to certainly lose up against the, the Giants this weekend to have a shot for the Cowboys to get the one seed. But, god damn, watching the Mavs versus Milwaukee, and the Mavs have found a way to just give up a huge lead to the freaking Milwaukee Bucks. It's the now 97-95. And I just saw one of their shooters miss two th- wide-open threes consecutively. Send Luka help. Sorry. Eagles at Giants. Saquon may or may not play. He has stiffness in his neck. He has soreness in his neck. The Giants... I don't know how they're going to win it, but I'm going to predict that they win it. I'm probably wrong. I don't think that the Giants have the secondary to be able to contain A.J. Dillon or A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I think the only way that you're able to stop both of them is by rushing the passer frequently and consistently. 
Consist consistently? Yeah, consistently. Yeah. I'm tired. It's midnight. It's gonna be tough for the Giants. It really is. Originally, I don't see them I didn't I didn't see them winning this game. And to be honest with you, it's just it's not even a logical prediction. It's just something that I'm crossing my fingers for and hoping that happens more so than anything. Which, to be honest with you, the Giants probably won't win, but I'm hoping that it does for the Cowboys. Jags at Titans. I have the Titans over the Jags. I have no idea if Trevor Lawrence is going to play. The Jags are one of the worst teams in the NFL, and I would be semi-surprised if the Titans lose to the Jags because the Titans have kind of been better than the Jags for the majority of the season, and the Jags are they're they're not very good. Chiefs at Broncos, Chiefs over the Broncos. Obviously, the Broncos are disastrous. Oh, my God, they're so terrible. Jesus Christ. Panthers at Seattle, Seattle over the Panthers. The Panthers fired Matt Rule months ago, and they're just not very good. Buccaneers at 49ers, super interesting football game. We get the second game of Big Cock Brock Party. Hold on. NFL football. I got to, like, look this up. Do I have this game? Yes, I do. So, oh, I get to watch potentially three really, really interesting games. The Cowboys game, the Jets game, the Jets versus the Bills, and the Buccaneers versus the uh, the 49ers. Yes, get to watch all three of those games, potentially. If the Cowboys game gets out of hand, then I'll literally just swap to the Bills versus the Jets. We'll see what happens. But the Bucks versus the 49ers... I think a lot of people expect the Bucks to just walk in to freaking San Francisco and to get their asses whooped by San Francisco. I don't think that'll happen. I know everybody is talking about how awesome the 49ers defense is and like all this other good stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's me. I just, I talk about competition all the time. They haven't really played against anybody all year. Granted, their only win, their only like good win is against the Dolphins. But beyond that, I I get the whole, their defense is one of the best scoring defenses and blah, 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 blah. Here's their offenses that they've gone up against. The Bears offense that beat them week one. Seattle, after Seattle had played up against the Broncos and had beaten the crap out of the Broncos, they won that game 27-7. The Broncos offense, where Broncos scored 11 points, Rams 9, Panthers 15, Falcons 28, Chiefs, check this out, 44. Played the Rams again, 14 points, Chargers 16, Cardinals 10, Saints, they got shut out, and the Dolphins, they lost by 17. I think to some degree, there is an extent of truth. There is like some truth in the, oh my God, another guy missed a wide open three. Jesus Christ, Luca misses a three. It's 99 to 96, and the Mavs cannot freaking find a freaking bucket to save their lives. There, there, there goes Luca in a nice jumper. Jesus Christ. Anyways, going back to the Niners. They only have one good game on their resume where you're just like, oh, they faced off against a really, really awesome offense, and they shut them down. Oh, wait, fast break. This should be points. And it's not. Okay, it's it's a foul. I'm like, and it's not. I'm like, how's it not? A, 
So not points. Going back to the Niners. Niners haven't played anybody outside of the Dolphins. They beat the Dolphins. Good job, but I'm worried about them. I think the Bucks. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how Brock Purdy is going to play. I don't think he can play that good that well two weeks in a row, to be honest with you. I know the Bucks are hurt. I know that they're injured. I know what the 49ers can bring defensively. I don't really care. I've been sleeping on the 49ers all season long. Why would I, why would I, you know, like just sharpen up on the freaking 49ers uh, in the final, one of the final games of the season? I think Tom Brady is not playing very well at all. I think he's playing at a, in a, at a like below average level. And even his below average level, I think, can beat the 49ers. Dolphins versus Chargers is horrendous to me. Because to me, it's just Justin Herbert about to get his ass whooped by the Dolphins. To me. They have no offensive line. They have no wideouts. They, their defense is banged up. I think Joey Bosa is banged up. I think he's hurt. They have a crappy head coach. This is the Chargers. On and on and on. Dolphins coming off of a hard loss against the Niners. I think they clean it up and I think they destroy the San Diego Chargers. Because that's what essentially every single team in the NFL has done this year. They have absolutely kicked the crap out of the freaking Chargers. And I think there there won't really be any more freaking... I, I don't think there will be that much of a difference this year as well. Or not this year, but this this game on Sunday on primetime as well. Kind of a bad Monday night football game, Patriots at Cardinals. The defensive coordinator for the Cardinals, Van Joseph, was taking a shot at the Patriots defensive coordinator, or technically, excuse me, offensive coordinator and Matt Patricia, who Matt, not Matt, Van Joseph literally said that it looks like a defensive coordinator is calling the plays on offense, which is true, obviously. But I wouldn't be taking shots at the Patriots if I was the freaking Cardinals because... He should know. He should. I, I thought Van Joseph was smart. He should know that the Patriots are about to get juiced up off that. Like, Van, why would you say that? Or Vance. It's either. I think it's Vance Joseph. I'm like, you should know that the Patriots are about to get juiced up off of that. Why would you say that? I don't know. Yeah, it, it wasn't very smart. And so, I don't think it matters. I don't think the Patriots have enough guys on offense and on defense to potentially deal with the Cardinals explosive offense. And we'll see what happens. We'll see. Matt Judon has kind of been on a slump these last couple of games. Again, we'll see what happens. God damn. Can that guy hit a free throw to save his life? Missed the game tying free throw. 101, 102. Bucks are still up. Luke has played his freaking guts out. And his team is just letting him down. Oh my goodness. Sorry. But. God. I was about to say if Job Rule hit that. Yeah, he hits, he takes his baseline jumper. And I'm like, if if Job. Did I say Job Rule? Jesus Christ. Drew Holiday. His name is spelled kind of like Job Rule. But it's Drew Holiday. I'm like, if Drew Holiday hits that, I'm going to be so annoyed. And another wide open three and he misses. They swing it again. He gets fouled. And he misses another wide open three. Oh my God. Hardaway Jr. missed it. God, I'm so annoyed. Anyways, 
I'm peacing out for tonight. No podcast tomorrow. I'm not working out tomorrow. I'm going to enter into a deep sleep. I'm not waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go work out. I'm taking a break. I'll see you tomorrow. Or not tomorrow. I'll see you Sunday. Got some very interesting games coming up, ladies and gentlemen. See you Sunday. 24's podcast.